Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Midjourney is tripping when it comes to using AI to draw black African doctors helping white children out. Would you pay $14 monthly or more to access Facebook and Instagram without ads? This is what Meta wants European Union users to pay if they opt out of targeted advertising. Amazon's being sued by the U.S. Federal Trade Commission for illegally maintaining monopoly power. And another Tesla owner is killed when driving with autopilot engaged, but the automated system made no attempt to stop or steer clear of a semi that cut off the car. We got all this and more for you in episode 101 of the Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Get Geeked, Get Geeked. (laughs) It's homecoming week. My uh, (laughs) alma mater, Tennessee State University. Our homecoming celebrations kicked off yesterday, but officially today, but officially, officially, (laughs) Don't get started till everybody shows up around what Thursday, Friday. So uh, we plan on leaving on. We're gonna make make the trip up to Nashville for our homecoming. Maybe about Thursday. Yeah, get up there Thursday. So it'll be a minute. It's been a minute since I've been on campus. They've added some campus housing. You know, rejiggered some things as a result of all this influx of people beating down HBCU doors. So it'd be interesting to see how the campus looks a little different since the last time I was, I wasn't there till sometime before COVID. So it's been a minute. So it'd be interesting to see what the campus looks like and running in old folks and all that good stuff. All the, all the pleasantries of a HBCU homecoming. Looking forward to it. I'm such a bad alumni. I have not been on FAMU's campus. I, I don't even want to say how long it's been. Um, I might get my campus alumni HBCU card revoked. The alumni card revoked. <laughs> right. If I, if I say how long it's been since I've been on campus, but I mean, I, you know, I still got love for my ratless. I'm coming one of these days. I'm coming. I promise. Well, it's not driving distance for you. Right. You, you got, you, you got to fly on a whole tin can with wings and really big loud engines on it to get there so and like planes nah, man. well in advance nah, man. you love you love the rattlers you're supposed to save you up right. Listen, budget you right. for that and, plane well, trip well, not you even love you. save up but just plan in advance well I, I mean tallahassee is very I ain't got small no excuses. tallahassee is small hotel rooms go very quickly you know what i mean you gotta you gotta plan in advance mm-hmm. that's the it's not even about the money it's about yeah, yeah. planning well in advance to to go and get there right and yeah, it's hard i can't talk like i said it's been a minute since i've been there and then um you know 
just this year we was just like, you know what? We ain't gonna make no excuses. So we talked about it maybe a month ago mm-hmm. and was like, we just gonna go forget it. We just gonna figure it out, you know, find a room. Luckily we did not too poor, not too <laughs> torn down or anything like that. Pretty decent, but not didn't dig my pockets all the way, you know, like some of these places run up the rates when homecoming schools come right. through. So, um, just, just, um, you just got to do it, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. making excuses and like, ain't no excuses. Just, just got to just go do it or not. Don't be always, oh yeah, we going to go. We always, and then on the, the Facebook, oh, I'm missing everything. And we're like, you know what? I ain't doing that no more. We either going or we not. I'm not going right. to sit on here complaining and FOMO, FOMO myself to death <laughs> when I don't go. <laughs> go ahead well, I'm not going front. I, you know, I went to the PWI and if I'm honest, I don't know that I went to all the homecomings when I was actually on the campus of the school that I was at while homecoming was going on. <laughs> I showed up. I've not been back to what since I've graduated from either my undergraduate or my uh, school. I went to grad school. At. I've not been to either one of them. But anyway, y'all, let's go ahead and do a tech show. Before we get started with it, though, I do want to let everybody know who's watching that. Tech John is not just a podcast. It also is a live stream. And we have a after show called The After Party to which anyone who would like to support the show gets access to watch us record the show live and come hang out with us for about 30 minutes after we get done recording the show to just talk about whatever. So to do that, you've got to become a patron. And it, you can do that by heading over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John. That's the tech J A W N. And we've got multiple tiers over there. Any one of which gets you access to our live stream and after party. So once again, if you'd like to support the show, that is one of the ways to do it. So y'all, it's it, we were talking about this before we started. It wasn't a tech light week. It was just tech light ish, the kind of stuff that we normally talk about. But one one of our patrons, one of our folks over in our own, our Discord, dropped this in for us about Mid Journey is wilding out again. So they're basically <laughs> as a researcher, and to preference, we ain't gonna spend a lot of time on it because it, it's kind of it, it's it's almost funny what's happening if it wasn't for the fact that it's not funny that it's happening. But basically there's a researcher that specifically searched for black African doctors treating white kids. And it just wasn't able to do it. It just wasn't able to do it. And some of the stuff where they tried to make it more specific, some of the stuff that was coming back, you were getting doctors. Well, a lot of times they would just straight up put white doctors with black kids completely going against what they were writing in the prompt. But when they actually made the prompt super specific, you were getting black doctors that looked like witch doctors that had on literally something that would look like a witch doctor out of a movie. You had animals in the, you know, in the scene. It was just truly horrible what was, what was coming up. And it just goes to show that, you know, is you know, people say, well, it's just AI. It can't possibly be biased. And it's like, well, as long as biased people created it, what are you supposed to do? So yeah, what, what is your guys' thought on that? This is this to me is the first true sign of artificial intelligence because the <laughs> mid journey thought about it. It took in the prompts and was like, nah, I ain't doing that. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Out refused to do it. So this is to me, that's artificial intelligence where the computer say, nah, I ain't doing that. <laughs> so as I, as I'm reading through just, you know, the, 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 the article and there's other stuff that people have been talking about and they're, they're trying to rationalize. Well, in order to actually get this really accurate, 
you would have to make sure that you're using the right training data. Duh. That, that's, that's the problem. If you're that's not training it, if you're not training it with diverse data, why would you expect it to do anything other than it's doing? That's not an excuse. That is off. actually What's the, the problem with the giraffe. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing, just because it put, because you put Africa in the, in the, in the prompt. African. Yeah, African. Mm -hmm. So it it just arbitrarily threw a giraffe in the picture as well, which is like, you know, what the hell? And then in the pictures where it asked for, uh, HIV patient receiving care of the 150 images of HIV patients, 148 of them were black. And and two were white, so it's just like, why are you arbitrarily making HIV patients black? And it's just like it, it's it's kind of ridiculous. And what I didn't like about the article was that you know they they talk about you know they they try to kind of frame it also why it was so skewed in the way it was skewed because of the idea of the white savior complex and mm-hmm. and the fact that you know there there's just historically been, you know, this idea of a, of a white savior, especially in Africa, but they tried to, I felt like the article was framing it as if it was historical and not still sort of prominent in society now. And, and that's not the case because there's a, a documentary on HBO on Max right now called Savior Complex about a, a white woman, a young white woman who started a uh, charity where she was feeding malnourished children, but then also started doing medical procedures on these kids and killed like a bunch of kids, you know, because she was doing these medical procedures that she was not qualified to do. And, you know, ended I don't I don't know if the charity is still in 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 operation or anything like that, but but this type of phenomenon still exists, basically. And and I just I just it just rubbed me the wrong way the way the article I felt the article kind of skewed it towards like, oh, yes, there used to be this white savior thing. And that was where these photos, you know, that was where the I, I the AI was kind of getting these ideas to create the photos the way they created them. But now, you know, it's a different time and a different place. And I'm like, no, it's still happening. And we still have this issue. And clearly the AI is still pulling from this phenomenon. Yeah, it, it's interesting because I, I kind of I kind of picked up on that as well. And I'm like, well, what do you mean by it used to be this way? Like it used to be this way like last year when you pulled right. the data to generate these images. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like like from like 2015, what? maybe like, come on yeah, now. So. We, yeah, we, we haven't we haven't evolved from from anything yet. So fall back. And you would and you would think this would be such a simple task at the, the myriad of pictures I've seen. The the vibrance, the out of left at left field images that people are able to create using these, you know, uh, photo AI or whatever you want to call it. It's it's you can dial down to the very specific image that you want to get. But for this, it was having so such a hard time doing right. it. Like, why? Why wouldn't it just do it? Why? Why wouldn't it why just it create it what just you asked for? Exactly. Why can't it just create it again? Because the computer was like, "Nope, that's right. not how y'all living out here." It's like <laughs> so you could have literally just created a picture of a doctor in a lab coat that was black. 
tre- mm-hmm. create treating so, a child that was white. Like you so, so, literally could have just created exactly what the prompt asked for. You could have just done that. So here's where a problem comes in. And this is how they're, you know, this is what these AI researchers are going to have to do to address this. When you just say, show me a picture of a doctor treating children, you can almost guarantee that the doctor is going to be white. You didn't have to specify. You just specify doctor and the default for your data set is doctors are white men, probably. That, that's, that's probably, you know, you know, what it is, but you don't have to make a distinction for that. So when you say black doctor, now that's a, that's a subset of doctors. So we've now got to go specifically find these black doctors. And then you say black African doctor. So we've got to, you know, once again, more narrowly define what, what, what narrow down the, this data on well, what, what is a black and what is an African doctor? And you, you start getting all these, these variances and really what it comes down to. And as I said, I, you know, I have learned you guys have, have told me you got to stay out of them comments. So I wasn't really in the comments. I was more in a in a Reddit to where there's just a conversation about what has to happen. And he was in a forum. That's even worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what this wasn't this wasn't quite as bad. This like it, it was on Reddit and it wasn't you know out of left field. There's people who were really were talking about it who some of them seem like they understand what the problem is. And it really just comes down to is like, well, duh, if you do not capture what Earth looks like. How can you expect it to be anything other than, you know, white folks dominate almost everything that is good in these systems? Because if you were to go look up bank robbers, if you were to go look up criminals and this and that and the other, it would have no problem creating black men as the criminals because that's the way that the data has been put into the system. So it's it's really just a matter of you have got to collect data on diverse data sets. And in some cases, you know, I, I know that, you know, that. Africa is a really, really big continent, but outside of Northern Africa, most of the folks on that continent have a lot of melanin in their skin. And it's a big continent. There's a whole lot of people on that continent. So you would just think, well, let's just go get some data from there as you're making this. Um, or if you don't do that, you're going to have to disclaim that we really only ran this against, you know, Western European looking people. I guess my last point, I don't know how uh, AI does with creating pictures and artwork, but my assumption was that these prompts that you give it, it was using this information to create new work Mm -hmm. or is it just stitching together things that are already out there? So reason why I say that is because we, we purposely repeatedly said trained and it got data from is this image. How, what is it? How is it taking the data that is getting and turning it into art? Because my, my assumption was it's creating new artwork, right? So if it's mm-hmm. creating new, it really didn't have to find the image anywhere. It created the image. Well, that that's where you're, which further, which further perplexes my idea of, why where, why is this such a roadblock when it's just creating new a new image unless it's right. not creating a new image and it's pulling images together from this data that we say is biased because i would if that ain't the case and it's creating new data then how is it what is it what is the algorithm that's saying all right well that's not factual so let's just put a white doctor here yeah that makes more sense publish 
<laughs> so th- th- if there are AI experts out there and you want to chime in on this, feel free to email us at info at the But here's my understanding of what goes into the training. So let's say that you want to train mid journey to draw a cat and you show mid journey a thousand cats to this is what a cat is. You you give it a thousand different images of a cat in different positions, different types of cats, so on and so forth. And out of that thousand cats, only five were black panthers. Uh, so it, it, or, or just black so cats at all. You showed you showed nine thousand nine hundred ninety five cats that were not black, but five of them were. So now when you tell it to show a black cat. Well, the data that it has to draw from on here's what I think a black cat looks like is very limited. Therefore, it struggles with it and it pulls from, well, maybe you, you said black cat. Maybe you really meant a cat that had black stripes. So maybe it would give you like a Bengal tiger, but not but an actual black, black cat. cat though. But I still say yeah. black cat. And, and, yeah. and, and on top of that, I didn't say giraffe. <laughs> yeah, that that started was Why a trick. Showing me a picture of a giraffe. It's like, yeah, it just started showing. <laughs> yeah, random. <laughs> that part was just random. It's like, wait a minute, why why are you showing me these these uh you know the these giraffe. these oh. animals from the continent of uh, of Africa, but it has nothing to do with it. But I, but but like I said, I know I'm probably oversimplifying it. I'll say what make matters worth the, the giraffe. Y'all can't see this picture, but the giraffe is kind of like supervising. These black doctors like, yeah, no, that ain't right. (laughs) So the fact that (laughs) the fact that the 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 mid journey AI or whatever was like, I ain't even be bothered with that. I'm going to give you something I want you to see a giraffe supervising black doctors. (laughs) This is how (laughs) this is how my mind works. How did it come up with that? Well, Dr. Doolittle, the, the movie that I can remember had Eddie Murphy in it. Eddie Murphy is a black man. His name was Dr. Doolittle. What did Dr. Doolittle talk to? Animals all the time. So I'm just, how did the AI get to that? Maybe it had some training on Dr. Doolittle. And it was like, oh, there's a black doctor that's talking to these animals all the time. Maybe I need to add add that. I have no clue. I'm completely, that that is just how my mind works and how I'm thinking about it. Uh, I do know this. If you want to get better outcomes for people of color, you have to train it on uh, people of color to get better outcomes. And this is going to continue to happen until these companies and organizations put the money in it to go and get diverse data sets. Until you do that, it's going, we're going to get this kind of information out of it. So like I said, it's, it's funny the stuff that it was doing, but it's not funny that it's doing it because it's only doing it with folks who look like us. And I shouldn't say that it's doing it with people of color. Because we talked about a, a few shows ago about the, it was, I believe it was a university grad student and she put a picture of herself in and wanted to make herself look more professional for her LinkedIn profile. Right. And she was an Asian woman and it made her into a white woman. Made her into a white woman. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I gave you, you I actually you gave you, you my picture. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. If you want this job, you better be blonde. Right. So terrible. It really is. So yeah, I got a question for you. Are you willing to pay for no. ad free Facebook and Instagram? No. What say you, Terrence? No. I I would I would think about it for two seconds for Facebook, but then I'd be like, nah. <laughs> so the reason I asked the question is because Meta, who of course owns Facebook and Instagram, 
in Europe, they have proposed a pay to have no ads on the platform there. The reason they're doing this is that Europe has, you know, we've, this started off with GDPR, but the Digital Services Act is, is pretty strict on what you can and cannot collect from, you know, from citizens in the European Union. And just recently, you know, this DSA went into effect and Facebook will no longer be able to simply just collect data to run ads against you unless you opt into it. So what Facebook is saying is that, okay, well, if we're not going to be able to collect this data where we make our money, we still are going to make our money. So our alternative is that if you don't opt into allowing us to collect data for ads, then you will need to pay a monthly fee. And it's, it's kind of steep. It's like 14 to $17 a month, depending on what platform you're actually looking at this for across both Facebook and Instagram. So. I'm just I'm just curious. Do you think that there are going to be folks who will actually pay that so that they don't have to have their information in the platform? Well, I I was curious why it was like an either or proposition. Like you either give us your data or you pay. Like why is it why are they only why are why are those the only two options? Why is it such a binary um choice? Because can't Facebook just serve generic ads in people's feeds that aren't personalized and still make money that way. Like I would, I would have, I mean, I'm sure they would make less money because advertisers do want to serve targeted ads because that just makes more sense if you're serving people. But but I'm sure there are advertisers that would still want to show ads, even if they know, you know, they're not necessarily going to be targeted to people. Cause I'm like, all of the ads that I see in my feed, I'm sure weren't targeted to me directly because they're not for stuff that I would want to buy. So I'm like, you, you couldn't have possibly targeted that towards me. So they could still show ads. They just aren't necessarily targeted, personalized ads based on people's personal data. So why is it this just you know, drastic kind of either or proposition, either you give us your data for these targeted ads or you pay this money. Like there has to be some sort of in between where you still see some ads. They're just not targeted to you based off of your personal data. It, it just seems very drastic. Um, and, and, and to your point, Rob, it's expensive. Like $13 a month is expensive just to be using Facebook with no ads. Like you mm-hmm. really are going to probably kill your business in, in, in your, in the EU based off of those prices. Like, I don't know. I don't know anybody that would pay that much money just to use an ad-free Facebook. And maybe, maybe that's why uh, Facebook is throwing this out here. Maybe because they've been milking the hell out of their advertisers to where the advertisers, you know, people try to boost posts. People try to advertise on Facebook. Facebook, it's been so long since I tried to put an ad together on Facebook, but even back when I was messing around with it, you start off with like a $5 thing budget. And by the time you get done drilling down and collect, selecting all the things you want to you want to do this and you want to do that and you want to do this. And this, by the time it's like up to $20, you know, when I was initially just like, Oh, this is a little $5 thing. But by the time you get done, so I'm pretty sure the advertisers are pushing back on Facebook. Like, look, y'all are milking us for these targeted ads that people are just clicking past 
not looking at or even in my case, I'm starting to click X, CD, see stuff less like this, of this less more often, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. To where, you know, it's like the the advertisers are not getting their money's worth. They're like, Facebook, you promised all this targeted drill down data that we can right. then use to make all this money. But we're giving you all the money and the data that you're giving us back. We're not it's not being beneficial to us. So maybe Facebook to me, I'm thinking Facebook's all right. Well, we didn't milk that cow <laughs> until <laughs> forever. Now we need to find a new source. Uh, maybe we charge a fee, you know, and then they'll do, like you said, Stephanie, it may not be a zero t- tier, but maybe it'll be like this $14 tier. And then up from that, if you want X, Y, and Z pay for it, Some, most of them, I think most social media platforms are trying to figure out the best way to break it to us that they're going to start charging us money. They mm. lofting these ideas out there and then testing the water, taking a finger, testing the water, see where it go. Because these advertisers are like, look, man, we're tired of supporting, funding, doing everything for your platform, and we're not getting the data back that's beneficial. So here's what I think. I, I think a, a couple things are happening at the same time. Number one, this Digital Services Act in Europe, in the European Union, is it's a law. So Facebook simply cannot continue to do business as they've been doing business. They have to give their users in, you know, you know, inside of, you know, the, the countries are part of the EU, they have to give them the ability to opt out of these right. personalized ads. Right. So if they give them the ability to opt out of these personalized ads, the major way that Facebook or I should say meta makes money off of these users is now gone. Right. So that's thing number one. So, so the first issue that they're saying is that, well, since we have to do this, it, it, it and it is an opt out. Users can continue to get the ads if they don't want to pay. Right. Only if you don't want to be tracked in this way, well, this is where you can pay and still have the same access to Facebook like you did before, because we aren't going to take, we're not going to take the L on this. I think that's basically where Facebook is coming from. Now, here's the part two of this. No business ever tries to replace a revenue stream with another revenue stream that makes the exact same amount of money. If anything, you want to make more money. So there's no question in my mind that Facebook is charging more for you to opt out than what they make off of a person who opts in. Why, why wouldn't they do that? This is, if we're going to offer a new service, why make the the same money when we can make more? We, we know that not nearly as many people are going to opt into this as there are, are there, as there are going to be that are going to remain getting ads from us. So why don't we make all the money that we can on these users? And they probably have had some people with calculators go and calculate and figure out what do we believe that people would be willing to pay if they, if, if they do opt out of this. So I think that from a Facebook standpoint, they're okay if you pay, but they're, they're also okay if you don't, because if you don't, they're going to continue making the money that they've always made. But if you pay, they're going to make actually a little bit more. So from that, from that standpoint, I think that's why you're seeing these prices be a little bit steep. Now, what's going to be interesting is that the EU still has something to say on this. They may come back to Facebook and say, you need, you know, this is too expensive. You, you need to make this uh, more affordable for our citizens or this isn't going to fly. They need to, because um, that's too much money. That's, that's but, just, but that's another reason. Don't negotiate where you think it's going to be. Ask, you know, ask for the world and then negotiate down from there. But if they would have come out and said, Oh, we think this, this, this costs exactly $6 per user. The EU could have also said, well, that's just too much. So 
when you go from, you know, 14 yeah, start down high. to six yeah. as compared to going six down to three. Right. You know, well, they, you know, they might have wanted high. they might have wanted it at six all all along and figured exactly. that's where they would end up. Yeah. But still, even, even that just the idea of, of making them pay. And then they're and then I'm sure they'll degrade the, the service so ridiculously for the people that don't pay that it, it's not in their best interest to continue not to pay. Like the ad supported service will get so ridiculously bad that everybody is going to want to pay at, at some point just to not have those ads. And, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's shady. It's shady. And, and here, here's the other part of this. This is the way I wrote the question, the way that I did, even though we're talking specifically about meta. But there's another company that is doing this and they, they've, they've been rumored to say that everybody eventually on X is going to have to pay a, a, a small amount to be able to use that platform. It may not be the $8 that, that Twitter plus, or I should say X pro is right now, but it's going to be something. So, and is, is meta looking, you know what? Maybe this is the plan. You know, maybe our business model needs to shift. We've been making all this money off of ads. What if we just make money, you know, directly off of, the consumers themselves is, is that a viable business? I don't think it's viable at the two billion or however many users that, you know, these platforms have on them. In fact, I think it's significantly more than that when you add them together. But that, that is a question that I'm certain that someone is asking. Can we actually come out with a system that people are going to pay to play? And I know a lot of folks are really adverse to that. But really what you're talking about is no longer social media. Now it's just a membership platform. It's just, it's just, right. you know, I, I have several memberships that I pay for each and every month and I'm completely fine with that. Now they're not scraping my data. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. I'm paying to have access to the platform and to be able to talk to the people on the platform and get access to the content that is on the platform that I'm paying for is Facebook saying, well, maybe we should do that. We know the X is definitely going down that route. Are you going to see other social media platforms kind of say that, you know, it's more profitable for us to serve a hundred thousand dollars or a hundred thousand, you know, members that, you know, pay us thirty nine ninety nine a month and we make our money there than to have, you know, 10 million that don't pay us anything. And we have to monetize off of ads and give them everything for free. I'm just wondering, are we, you know, are we starting to see a sea change to where maybe that's just going to be the new model? I don't know. I'm not even necessarily calling for it, but I know that these companies are thinking about it. It's like, hey, we can, we can charge these folks and still make money. Maybe that's the route that we go because there are, there are some really very successful membership programs out there that have thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people who are members and pay every month to be a member of that platform. And that's just how that platform makes money. Well, I mean, it was a good run, you know, if if that's where we end up, it, it definitely was a good run. It had to happen eventually. I I really don't see it all going away because these no, platforms they have, so, they have yeah. so many people on them nah, yeah, and that ad data is so valuable. I, I don't see yeah, that going away. No, not at all. And most people don't care that most people aren't even aware of the data they're giving away. And, 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 and then the other half of them don't care. And they they still be doing them um, entering quizzes. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, come on, y'all. Did y'all not learn anything? Yeah, yeah. They don't care. Uh, Terrence, can you do the public service announcement and just take 90 seconds to tell folks what those things are and why they should never do them? Oh, uh, so so in the short term, uh, Facebook gave away a bunch of information to a company linked to Russia. 
Russia's friends with Donald Trump. Donald Trump, for the life of him, could not say nothing bad about Russia or Vladimir Putin for almost his entire presidency because we think the data that uh, Russia got from Facebook was used to um, uh, get a positive, uh, get the numbers out for Trump. And basically the way they did it was they had these tests. People would do these quizzes. And in one quiz, they would give their date. Another quiz, they give their name. Another quiz, they give their location, their general location, state, city, whatever the case may be. How many kids, whatever, whatever. And through all these, they was able to build this profile that they sold to Facebook uh, or took from Facebook, gave it to Russia. Russia manipulated it. We think that may have had something to do with Trump winning the election, something, maybe a little bit of something. But the fact that they use social media successfully to do it means that more policy, more campaigns, more policy, more campaigning will be done online because they can get the benefits if people like like we all mentioned, just don't care about the data that they're giving up, which most people seem not to care, you know, because they they don't know anybody anything about Facebook, you know possibly paying a fee or knew about Facebook getting data data leaked in the first place. So it's like, those are the be the people that'll stay on. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. So, Steph, this was a story that you put in here. And is Amazon is sued for maintaining a, an illegal monopoly. So why don't you tell us what's going on with Amazon and this yeah, big so giant lawsuit that they're in right now? It is. It is. The FTC, along with like 17 uh, states as well, is suing Amazon for maintaining, alleging that they are maintaining an illegal uh, mon monopoly. The FTC, which is joined by 17 states in a lawsuit, uh, saying that they are engaging in business practices that unfairly harm their competitors and their customers. The main one is that they are not allowing their people who sell on Amazon to list to sell on any other website at a lower price. So if you mm -hmm. were selling on a website at, there was a point actually where you were explicitly prohibited from selling on another website at a lower price there. That was in their terms of service. If you were selling on Amazon, you were prohibited from selling on a, on any other website at a lower price. They changed that because they got in trouble for it, but mm -hmm. they are still low key 
either, you know, they're burying you in their search results. If they found, if they have found that you are still doing that, selling on a website, on other websites at lower prices, they are burying you in their search results or doing other things to suppress your products on their site, on Amazon's website. So that's kind of the first main thing um, that they're doing. They're preventing consumers from accessing the add to cart and buy now options for price cutting merchants. And they're burying those merchants goods at the bottom of the search results, effective, effectively hiding their uh, search results. Um, they're also um, forcing merchants to use pro- uh, Amazon's fulfillment centers to use prime delivery and everybody knows you want your stuff prime you want that next day shipping everybody wants prime so you have to go through amazon fulfillment to use prime um and there were some other unfair tactics that are lowering competition and different things like that so yeah uh it, it it's a matter but the 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 loophole here and the and the the thing is will the government or will the courts decide if Amazon is in fact a monopoly because there are some loopholes around whether it's considered a an online superstore or is it just online retail or is it just e-commerce so you know depending on how Amazon itself gets classified that determines what market share it has and whether or not it can even be considered a monopoly so it'll be this will be a very interesting um you know, case to follow. I think at the end of the day, a couple people will get a couple dollars. Um, and, and, and once it all shakes out, Amazon is still going to be Amazon anyway. Um, and, and a couple of merchants might come out, you know, and, and, and end up being able to practice, you know, practice their businesses a little bit better, but Amazon's still going to be Amazon at the end of the day, unfortunately, because it's such a behemoth of a, of an entity. You know, it'll pay a few dollars. It's still a billion dollar, you know, business. Um, but just the, the business practices to, to hear about the business practices that it, that it engages in to, to suppress the small businesses that utilize this platform, because you can't be in business in any type of e-commerce and not sell on Amazon or not engage with Amazon in some kind of way, shape or form. So to, to hear what it's doing, um, and hurting some of these small businesses is just, it's just kind of shady and, and jive on their part. Right. And like you mentioned, what is the alternative? Not sell on Amazon? (laughs) Try that if you want to, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, um, I'd be curious talking about the loopholes um, as shady as all that sounds. Right. Um, And the termination, the, 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 how they're terminating, how how they are uh, ranked as far as what kind of business they are. Right. Notwithstanding, um, are they can they can they even be considered monopoly when you've got big box retailers as their competition, like a Target, like a Walmart, mm. like a Best Buy, like, you know, furniture, all these furniture stores, rooms to go. You know, think of all the products that you I'm trying to think of all the products that I buy on Amazon. There's no there's no. Outside of just being used to getting it, purchasing it, and in a day or two having it at my step, there's no real actual, in my opinion, there's no real actual um, 
thing that Amazon's doing that makes it different, that makes it, that makes it, even though it has a lot of the market share, there's still big heavy hitters out there is what I'm trying to say is. And if Target and Walmart and all these places still exist and they still make money and they still sell stuff online, you know, automatically I'm thinking, okay, the judges and the jury or whomever is going to be like, well, they, they're not a monopoly because we've got Target, we've got Walmart, we've got Best Buy, we've got all these other ones. So I would be interested to find out, you know, how does, how can Amazon be determined to be a monopoly? How, you know, how are these prosecution or this class action, how are they going to do that? Prove that Amazon is a monopoly outside of everybody just shops on Amazon. Yeah, that, that's a, that's actually an interesting question because there is competition, but one of the things, you know, for not, you know, to be considered a monopoly, it, it, you don't have to have taken out all the other competition. Mm-hmm. You just have to actually employ what the state could prove are monopolistic processes. And when you think about, Walmart is Walmart and they do Walmart stuff, but Amazon is Amazon and they do Walmart stuff, but they also do Google stuff and they also do Microsoft stuff and they also do all these other company things. And at the end of the day, I heard someone say, not necessarily about this case, but just about, about Amazon. Amazon is trying to become the Taco Bell from the movie Demolition Man with, uh, Arnold, not Arnold Schwarzenegger with, uh, um, Rocky, Sylvester, Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone, Stallone, and Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. And you remember all restaurants for all Taco Bell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Taco Bell won the wars and every restaurant is now Taco Bell. That is what the, the state is basically trying to say that Amazon is trying to be. They, they want to be the last man standing. They want to be the end all be all. Now, clearly Amazon's going to say, well, that's not what we're trying to be. We're just trying to make things as cost effective for our customers while we make all the money, you know, humanly possible that we can. So it will be interesting to see how all this stuff plays out because I, I agree with you, Terrence, that they absolutely have a really good competition. And in fact, I would say over the last couple of years, I, you know, th- there was a time when I just went to Amazon for everything. Now it's like, well, Walmart has it and I get it quicker or Best Buy has it and it's a little bit cheaper. So I, I'm actually looking at these other stores that I don't want to say they've caught up to Amazon. But they're doing their thing in an Amazon-like way, and it's, and it's giving me more choice. So I, I really am interested to see how this ultimately is going to play out. And it, it's, it, well, here's what what is also interesting: we don't have this in the in the you know in the rundown. But what is also going on right now is that Google is in a anti you know antitrust suit. You know, the government is basically trying to say that they're a monopoly as well. And there's all kind of interesting stuff that is coming out. Particularly when I started to put this in here, and we had enough stuff uh, for today. But I'll just ask you guys quickly. How would you feel if DuckDuckGo were your default browser, not browser, your default search engine or your uh, or your iPhone? Because some information came out last week that not only was Apple courting Bing from from Microsoft, but they were courting DuckDuckGo as alternatives to Google to be used as the default search engine on Safari. And what it really looks like is that they they had no intention on ever using uh, Bing or DuckDuckGo. They were just having a conversation so they could drive up the price of what Google was ultimately going to pay to remain on there. But like they're going through anti you know antitrust stuff right now as well, just because the government is looking at these companies that are really really big like this. That I mean, th- these are some of the biggest companies on earth, and the government says like you know you, maybe you have a little bit too much power. Seems like they should have been doing this a decade ago, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> better late than never. Don't track me around the web. I wouldn't be mad at DuckDuckGo. 
Yeah, um, I don't think most people would either. But I guess just the sheer fact that Apple was like, eh, duck, duck, go. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I know. This is what I imagine the, the media's going with because I, I, I think it was like the CEO of DuckDuckGo or somebody high up in the, in, you know, in the company that was having a conversation literally that was, you know, testifying that, yeah, we had like 20 some odd meetings with Apple on this. So if you 20 something meetings mean that they was more than just having conversation, 20 something meetings is, is fairly significant. But I just always feel like at the end of those meetings, it once, like some of them were in person, once they escorted, uh, duck, duck go out, or, you know, once they escorted Microsoft out, it's like, y'all know we really ain't doing this, right? It's like, I just feel like that was always said at the end of a meeting from Apple standpoint. It's like, you know, we ain't leaving Google, right? It's like, it's, uh, there's no way we're going to get off of that platform with the amount of money that company's giving us. We, we're just trying to figure out ways to get us, you know, to get more. So it's, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how these antitrust suits uh, play out in the future because they're not going away. You know, these companies are hoping that they were going to go away. They are not. So on a little bit more of a, of a somber note, Terrence, this is yours. There is another fatality when it comes to Tesla drivers and what Tesla is currently referring to as autopilot on their car. And I think you actually wrote, you know, they, they seriously need to change the name of this. Uh, yeah, from so um, people just think of it in a different way. Yeah. So um, this story that I read is on the Washington Post. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, uh, you may not be able to link to it because it was I could only find it in Apple News. Any place else is paywall. So anyway, let me break down the uh, specifics. Right. So um, the Washington Post was able to obtain enough data and enough footage to recreate the final 11 seconds of a fatal Tesla autopilot crash. They took, um, you know, data from the government, from the local municipalities. They pulled data from cameras on neighboring businesses and were able to show like the exact moment where this Tesla sedan plowed, T-boned this semi truck. Of course, a semi truck is way bigger than a Tesla. So the person that was behind or in the vehicle of in the Tesla vehicle uh, di- died on impact. Of course, the family sues. And now they're trying to determine, OK, who's at fault? You know, if not everybody and the particulars of this story are really peculiar because the person who was air quotes driving the Tesla um, at the moment of impact. There was no brakes, no sort of swerving, no sort of anything to try to counteract or maneuver around this accident. It just boom, full speed ahead, 70 miles an hour. The uh, driver um, put his cruise control on like 70 miles an hour, you know, shortly before and then shortly after that flicked on the autopilot. So but then according to Tesla, you know, they you know, they've got the sensors in the steering wheel to let you know. Nobody's touched the vehicle. So they were able to provide data that says after the guy flicked on cruise control, after he didn't flick on autopilot, he was distracted for they didn't say that directly. But, you know, based on the evidence, do wasn't paying attention there, the, the, the speed at which he hit the truck and his actions that he took with the vehicle prior to Tesla's like, look. Driver wasn't paying attention. Autopilot and, ain't got nothing to do with this. Go ahead. And And how do you how do you go on autopilot at 70 miles an hour in an area that clearly still has intersections? Right. Right. And that's the other thing I was getting to. Right. So 
you know, I'm trying not to make this a whodunit or I may not do whodunit. Who's responsible? Right. right. Because it seems like in this case from Tesla saying that the driver did it from the driver's family saying, yo, the Tesla should have been able to recognize a gigantic semi truck impeding the way at, at the fast rate that the Tesla vehicle was going. The Tesla autopilot should have slowed the thing down, whatever the, the evasive maneuvers, whatever the case may be. And to make matters worse, you know, the trucker, you know, the, the video that they were able to recreate shows the truck not really stopping before they pull out into the intersection. So it's almost like everybody's at fault, Everybody, right? Yeah, but it seems, yeah. but at the end of the day, somebody's lost their life, right? Right. So I guess since this is a weird case to where everybody was at fault, you know, you can't really blame. Well, I can't really, you can take fault with the Tesla technology, but more importantly, which is what Rob mentioned at the top, it seems like, and I wanted to get your take on it. Do they need to call it something else? Because regardless of all of the warnings and all of the, you know, all of the things that Tesla throws at you to let you know, hey, this is technology. You still supposed to hold the wheel. You still supposed to be paying attention, even though they say all that, just the, the, the mere title autopilot right. means to people, I don't have to do nothing. So I can turn this thing on. I can turn my head. I can read a book. Maybe I can take a nap, you know, and Mm -hmm. then autopilot auto automatically pilots the car. Right. But clearly Tesla saying that's not what it's for. That's not how you use it. Mm -hmm. You can do this and the third, you know, all these other, you know, lawsuits that are coming up. People are losing their lives a lot to where it's almost like they just 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 can they just change the name? Of they need to. And why, they need to. And, and why it, aren't they? Why are they so pushing back so much on that? They because they and you 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 are about to bankrupt your business off of semantics, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you do. Yeah, they need to just change the name because that's not exact. That's not what the system does clearly, and people are dying because mm-hmm. you continue to call this a something that it's not capable of delivering on because and, 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 they, and you know and i mean i would assume that they're doing it because it's sexy to say i got a car with absolutely. absolutely right that's the future autopilot yeah. you think of planes you think of the, the jets that are flying us they're on autopilot so if the planes can do it surely my car that's got the title name autopilot can do it you know and you know tesla is like yo man you are driving this car why are you putting all of your uh uh assurances in a piece of technology? Ultimately, you should be driving the car. So regardless, forget what his name is. Why are y'all not driving these cars? You know, but at the same time, it's like, all right, not only are y'all calling it something that is giving people a false sense of security Two, your technology ain't all that hot anyway, because like I mentioned before, this Tesla car should have been able to see this big truck in its way to for it to be able to do something. And in fact, it didn't do nothing at all. It didn't slow down. It didn't swerve. Yeah. Leads me to believe the technology it didn't work in there. Didn't work. Right. So he, here's my thought on this. Uh, and you're right, Terrence, but the name needs to change because people think autopilot, like they think when the jet that they're on is an autopilot and the captain gets up and is walking and is talking to you while you sit in your seat. And the 
plane is I'm doing the air quotes for folks who can't see us in the, in the live stream. Um, the, the plane is flying itself. Now we all know that there's also a co-pilot there that is sitting there making sure that in case anything happens with that co-pilot, with that autopilot, the co-pilot is there and ready to take the reins at a moment's notice. And they are, they are alert and they're paying attention and they're doing what they need to do. But autopilot in a car isn't that. And Tesla isn't the only one that has it. They're just the only one that calls it autopilot. Like I'm thinking about uh, folks who have like brand new GM vehicles. They can have right. super cruise I mean, in them with lane assist. Super These cars cruise. are basically, yeah, they're basically, you know, you, you put them on a freeway, you, you know, and they're, they're basically adjusting to the traffic in front of them and keeping you in your lane. But it's not called autopilot, even though that car is driving itself. It's, it is braking. It is steering. It is paying attention to what is in front, to the sides and in back of it. And it is making decisions based off of all those variables that are coming in. But one of the things that it makes you do is that if you look away too long, it's buzzing you. It, it'll, it'll, it'll take itself out of it. It'll, it'll buzz your seat. It'll buzz the steering wheel. If your hand's not on the steering wheel long enough in the right place, it'll make you change your hand positions every, you know, every, I want to say it's like every eight seconds or something like that. They are making it clear that this car is not driving itself. It's just assisting you in the driving that you're doing. And you need, you still need to be prepared to, do whatever it is you normally do when you're driving. Now, there's probably going to be accidents and stuff that we'll talk about when Super Cruise fails and, you know, slams into the back of a truck. But at least with that, you know that, well, wait a minute. Why didn't you hit the brake? You are still in control of the car. Like if we go back to Cruise 20 years ago, if you just put your car on 70 and the car in front of you is doing 65, it's not, you can't say, well, I put my car on auto cruise and it slammed into the car in front of me. That, that's not an excuse. In the same way that it's not when you use Super Cruise, in the same way that it probably shouldn't be if you're using autopilot, it's just that the name autopilot and the car does do a lot when it is in autopilot mode. You're thinking that you're safe and the car is completely driving itself. So I think you're right. They probably need to change yeah. the name of it. And if, if they don't, and even if they do change the name, as these accidents continue to happen, they're going to continually get sued, you know, for this until they get the, the stuff worked out. I think people just have to understand you don't want to be the guinea pig for Tesla as they're working this stuff out. Clearly, it is not ready for prime time if we keep hearing about these types of horrific accidents where the autopilot didn't do anything to address what was coming uh, or what it was coming up on in the case of a big giant semi that pulled out in front of you. Yeah, it's a shame people keep having to die for them to, you know, that, that yeah, it's just, just change the name, honestly. Yeah. This, yeah. That would, that would solve a lot of, I, well, I don't know about a lot, but that I, I, I would be willing to go out on a limb and say that would definitely decrease the number of fatalities we saw with this system if they just changed the name because it would yep. because it would change people's mindset it would be it would cause a huge shift in people's mindset about what this system was capable of doing mm-hmm. like immediately it, it, it would be it would be an immediate shift in 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 the mindset of of people's you know it would change the mindset immediately and shift people's idea of what the system could do and oh well a tag it can't be at all it isn't autopilot it's just assisted driving or whatever you know what i mean mm-hmm. just yeah and you got a whole bunch of smart marketing people you can come up with something just as cool Some sounding sexy and just as sexy, sexy sound yeah exactly it's just like come on man so what, like, what does this all mean probably going to be a settlement to which tesla admits no culpability absolutely that's probably this what's going to happen it seems how this always goes now 
So y'all, it is Indigenous Peoples Day today. For those who are watching us live, they know it. And for those who are listening sometime throughout the week, we're recording this on Monday, October 9th. So we do spotlights about once a month or so. And I thought, well, since it is Indigenous Peoples Day, why don't we actually go out and find one of the many Indigenous people who has had a major contribution to technology and the stuff that we use every day. We're going to be talking about David, or I should say Thomas David Petit. That is his full name. And he's done some stuff that we all probably are using right now as you are listening to this show. So Thomas David Petit is a Native American inventor, a member of the Fondue Lack Band of Lake Superior Chippewa Tribe, and the founder of the Native American Intellectual Property Enterprise Council, on in, in a, which is a nonprofit organization that helps Native American inventors and communities. Born in Atlanta, Georgia in 1956, Robert to Robert Eugene Petit, who is the chief of the Fondue Lac Chippewa tribe of Wisconsin, and Helen Ruth Bird, David, or goes by his middle name, was educated on the cultural heritage of the Chippewa tribe, instilling strong values and a great sense of pride. Petit is best known for developing wireless mesh technology, and much of his work revolves around the networking, remote control activation, and monitoring of wireless Enable devices. He is perhaps best known for the, his uh, in roles in the invention of the necessary components that are integral to creating remotely monitored and controlled environment systems within specific locations, such as your home. This set of inventions is the driving force behind the development of so-called technologies such as smart meter, and we now call them smart grids. Pete has more than 100 U.S. patents and pending patents dating back to 1995 on ad hoc networks, and is considered a visionary scientist and engineer with business knowledge skills. His early inventions seen the demonstrated foresight uh, to technology, uh, the curve that's coming with his business values. Pete was a founder of Stat Signal Systems, Inc., the first company in the late 1990s to patent and introduce wireless mesh technology into the utility industry and the healthcare industry. He was a co-founder of SIPCO in 2003, which develops technologies that enable ro- robust self-organizing wireless networks and related technologies known as wireless mesh. We like said, if you've bought a new modem, not a new modem, but if you bought a new router, even for your house, probably in the last year, 18 months, it's a good chance that it is a mesh. And this is this dude's technology. In 2010, Pettit was recognized for his inventions in wireless technology and his incredible career in engineering uh, and invention by the Georgia State Senate. In 2011, he was invited to the Obama administration to the presidential signing of the America Invents Act. And that is basically an act that they actually changed. It makes it a little easier to get patents uh, in the United States. They're they're still notoriously difficult to to get. But this is one of the things that actually made it a, uh, a little easier to get. And because he was so prolific with the number of patents that he's come up with. He was actually invited to the signing of that. And he was also in that same year appointed to the Georgia Council on American Indian Concerns. So this is, we talk about this all the time. This is a gentleman who actually is relatively young in the grand scheme of things. I want to say he's like 67 at this point. He's still doing this work. And it's just, you know, uh, we, we really don't think about Native Americans and technology. But as I was doing just the research, just to try to find a good uh, you know story to talk about today, there's a lot. And it, it, it's, it's not even really unexpected. If you just think about it, people do what people do. And Native Americans, they're in the tech just as much as you know as everyone else is. And there's a lot of them creating a lot of uh, really good information. We've got multiple astronauts, folks working at NASA, engineers. They, they, like I said, there, there was no doldrum or, or no lack of information that we were able to find. I just happened to buy a new router. 
uh, for my house and it is a mesh network. So this was kind of a, kind of a personal one, but I thought it was good to just bring up someone, um, that is an indigenous person on indigenous persons that are indigenous people day to talk about some of the tech commitments that they've made. And like yes, I said, indeed. folks, just, just look up indigenous people technology. The list is long. Just like if you look up African Americans technology, just like if you look up Latin Americans technology, just like if you look up Asian Americans technology, just like if you look up any American technology, the list is quite long of what indigenous people have done to further technology and make things good for us here in the United States. And just as a point of clarification, uh, Wayne said um, he thinks it's pronounced Fond du Lac, the name of the tribe. Just I was struggling with that. Fond du Lac band. Fond du Lac, yeah. The band okay. of the Chippewa that uh, Mr. Petit is a part of. See, that's why y'all need to be members of our Patreon and members of our Discord. So you can actually hang out with us while we're recording the show and edit us live on air. So I can actually that's get right. that right. So, so let me, let's say, say it again, Stephanie. Fond du Lac band Fond of the Chippewa tribe. Yeah, there we go. The Fond du Lac band of the Chippewa tribe. Yeah. Thank so, you, Wayne. Yeah, and his his dad was the chief too, so that's uh it's pretty cool. But anyway, it's about that time, y'all. Mm-hmm. So Tech Life Steph, why don't you tell folks how they can get at you? You can follow me all around the web at Tech Life Steph. Check out stephaniehumphrey.com and pick up my book on Amazon. And you can find me all over the internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. You can find me all over the internet with the exception of Later this weekend, where I'll be busy, <laughs> <laughs> indisposed, <laughs> and I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things, and we are also at the Tech John, the Tech J J A W N on all the things, y'all. We did not have any new patrons this week, but once again, if you like to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John, the Tech J A W N, and that's how you can support us, so we can keep bringing this tech to you the way that we bring it to you. So until we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.